a joyful offering to the eternal. Shout, shout with joy to the rock of our liberation. Come face to face with God and give thanks with loud and joyful voices singing our praises. I'll ask Sarah to take it from here. God is a great God, the great ruler, supreme over all gods. Your influence reaches the very depths of the earth, the mountaintops too. The heights are marked with your name. Yours is the sea, for you created it, scooped and filled it. With your hands you made the dry land, every valley and mountain. Number 74. Let us worship. Everyone bow down. Kneel before the Eternal who made us. For you are our God, and we are your people, the flock of your pasture, your sheep protected and nurtured by your own hand. Feel free to remain standing if you like. We're going to sing a couple songs in a row. If you get tired and would like to sit down, that is a-okay as well. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship your holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship. 
Today, if God speaks, pay attention to this voice. Don't harden your hearts the way they did in the bitter uprising of Meribah, or like that day they complained in the wilderness of Massa. Your ancestors tested me, wanted me to prove myself in spite of all that they had seen. For 40 years, that grumbling generation provoked me until I said, their hearts are unfaithful. They no longer walk in my ways. Though I call, they do not listen to my voice. That is why, in my anger, I swore they will never find the rest that I could provide. That psalm certainly takes a turn there at the end, doesn't it? Things are going great. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And then they will never find the rest that I could provide. If God is so good, praise the Lord, why wouldn't they listen? Why would anyone harden their hearts against the gentle presence of the good shepherd? Why would anyone refuse God's rest? It seems we have a mystery in the wilderness. Let's listen to the story and then enter in. Graham's going to read for us. The entire community of Israel traveled in stages out of the desert of Sinai, just as the Eternal instructed. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water to quench their thirst. Once again, the people complained to Moses, Give us water to drink. We're thirsty. Moses replied, Why do you aim your complaints at me? Why are you testing the Eternal One? But the people were so thirsty for water, they complained to Moses and leveled accusations against him. Why did you leave us out of Egypt, they said. Was it to kill all of us, our children and livestock included, with this thirst? Moses had had enough of their complaints, so he cried out to the Eternal One, What am I supposed to do with these people and their relentless complaining? They are on the verge of stoning me. God answered, Here's what I want you to do. Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Also, be sure to bring your shepherd's staff, the one with which you struck the Nile. I will be there when you arrive, standing at the rock of Horeb. I want you to strike the rock with your staff, and when you do, water will flow out of it so everyone will have enough to drink. Moses did what the Eternal directed, while the elders of Israel watched. And, apparently, it worked. Water from the rock, enough for everyone to drink. Moses named the place Massa, testing, and Meribah, quarreling, because the Israelites complained and tested the Eternal, saying, Is God standing with us or not? It's a strange story, beginning to end. Nobody likes a whiner, but I kind of feel like the need to find water in the wilderness is a legitimate complaint. Everyone is on edge, understandably. Take that and throw in a magic staff, an enchanted geyser, and some sarcastic place naming. This is high drama. So today I want to invite you to use your imagination to enter the story. For the next 10 minutes or so, I'm going to lead an imaginative prayer. It's a guided storytelling exercise that will help us to join the people of God in the wilderness. To help engage our imaginations, we're going to keep the lights down. We're going to get comfortable in our seats. I will ask you to be quiet, um, but if you want to move around a bit, if you want to sit on the floor, if you want to stand at the back, that's okay. If you want to go out in the lobby and listen from there, 
this isn't your thing and you'd rather take a bathroom break or look out the window, um, that's okay as well. I'll just ask that as we listen, as we engage our imaginations, we are as respectful of others as we can be. I will be leading us through the story out loud, and it might be helpful for you to close your eyes to give your imagination a full go. Um, there will also be some images on the screen that um, some of you might find helpful to look at those. Let's take a few deep breaths together as we begin. Let it come and let it go. Imagine walking through a desert wilderness. Your feet are dusty, your legs are tired, your lips are dry and the sun beats down hot on your head. What else can you feel in your body as you walk? Rough clothes against your skin, the heavy pack on your back, the throbbing of the sore toe from stubbing in against a rock a few clicks back. This isn't your first day out here. It's been weeks already, months. You remember leaving. How excited you were to finally be going someplace good. You can picture the end of the journey too. Imagine your destination. Hold that image in your mind for a second. Where is it that you want to go? A new home, a land of your own. What does that look like? What is it that you're hoping for? Hey, watch it. You just bumped into the pack of the, wo of the woman in front of you. Too much daydreaming. Why did she slow down? You look ahead, straining to make out the front of the line ahead. Looks like they're stopping. You were supposed to make it to, uh, what was it called again? Rafidim. That was it. Word from Moses was that you'd camp there for a few days. Rafidim. A place to spread out, that means. A place to rest. Sounds nice. You've been looking forward to it all day. But this? Come on. This place... It's a dump. It's just a bunch of rocks piled up against the side of a cliff. It looks like a wadi once ran through here. A stream flowing out of that small canyon over there. Looks like it's been dry for a long time, though. Look around. What else do you see in this wilderness rest stop? Where will you find to set up your tent for the night? Check your water skin. It's nearly empty. You know this already. It's been days since you filled it up at Saim, Clay Town. Not a lot of water there either. Better than here, though. You lick your dry lips with a dry tongue. Bad habit, you know. But what else can you do? Set down your pack and make your way to join the crowd forming at the base of the cliff. 
Moses likes to give a report every afternoon, but from the raised voices, you can tell that people here only have one thing on their minds today. You stay at the back, listening. The clan leaders at the front are pretty upset this time. Where's the water? My water skins are almost empty. It's been four days since seeing. We're down to our last rations. What am I supposed to use to water my donkeys? What am I supposed to use to water my children? They're pretty desperate. You hear other complaints running through the crowd. What are they saying in that circle of women over there? What's that man muttering under his breath? You try to stay out of these conflicts, but you have your own opinions, of course. What would you shout if you thought anyone would listen? Moses doesn't say much this time, just listens and asks for patience. God is with us, remember? You know that. The crowd knows that. It's the only reason you made it this far. But still, people need water. What's God going to do about that? Eventually, the crowd fades away to go set up their tents. But before you go back to your own, you notice Moses walking up the side of the cliff, climbing the rocks, moving into the canyon. Where's he going? You follow, staying out of sight. After a few minutes, well away from the camp, Moses stops by a big rock. Creep up behind it, wondering what he's going to do. As you watch, he bends down in front of the rock. Looks like he's going to dig. But instead, he collapses to his knees and starts to sob. What am I supposed to do? What do they want from me? What do you want from me? Over and over. What am I supposed to do? mixed in, stuff about water in the desert, ungrateful critics, that kind of thing, but always back to the chorus, what do they think I'm supposed to do? What do you want from me? Eventually, he quiets down and just sits there in silence. You know that Moses, apparently, can hear the actual voice of God on a regular basis stick around for a while listening. But you don't hear anything. After a while, Moses gets up and heads back down the valley towards the camp. You follow, disappointed. You set up your tent crawl under the covers that night, you think about what Moses said. What does God want from your people? You've come so far. You've seen so much. And you're trying, you're genuinely trying to obey, to live well, to keep God happy. And you're genuinely grateful for everything you've lived through so far, for all that God has provided. And still, 
about now. You're thirsty tonight. You need water tomorrow. Every day. The miracles of yesterday are not a guarantee you'll get what you need tomorrow, are they? With these unsettled thoughts buzzing in your head, you eventually drift off to sleep. Voices singing the songs of your people. Hosanna, we're saved again. Stumble out of your tent. Follow the noise to the entrance of the canyon. Again, there's a crowd. This time, they're not shouting, but singing in celebration. What are they carrying? Water skins and buckets, the big ones used to water the cattle. Empty ones going toward the canyon, and is that... Yes, full buckets going the other way. Skins bursting with water, passed hand to hand. You strain to listen. You can hear it. The gentle rush of water pouring over rocks. You rush back to your tent for your own empty water skin and join the line waiting for access to the precious stream of water. see Moses standing proudly beside the line as people in the lineup ask for him to tell the story again. He just did what God asked, he explains. I took my staff up to a big rock in the canyon. God told me to hit the rock. So I did. Boom. Good solid strike. Next thing I knew, the rock shifted. A puddle formed at its base. into a spring and now it's flowing clear as can be all the way through the valley we will have enough that's what happened he said of course you believe him how else could it have happened and really what's a little water from a rock compared to bread from the ground every morning compared to a dry path through the middle of the sea compared to the ten miracles of the rescue from Egypt God provided. There was no water yesterday. Today there was plenty. There had always been enough somehow. And yet, the thirst of yesterday was still valid. You felt it. It was real. You would feel it again tomorrow. People died in this wilderness. say that he was going to mark this place on the map as Massa and Meribah, complaining and testing, because this is where we asked, is God standing with us or not? After all you've seen, after all you've been through, even with your water bag filled to bursting on the ground beside you, you have to wonder, is God standing with us or not? That's a question for the journey. 
That's the question of life, perhaps. There's enough for today, yes. And tomorrow, we will wander again. NASA and Meribah. We carry them with us. sit with that question for a few more moments as we come out of the story. Is God standing with us or not? that our thirst and our faith coexist, that God provides what we need for this day and we will still need again in the future. I think this is why most traditions offer the bread and the wine every Sunday. Catholics are even allowed to take communion up to two times a day. As people of God, we keep getting thirsty and we keep coming back to this space of vulnerability, looking to God to supply what we need. pray together the Lord's Prayer as we move towards the communion ritual. The words are on the screen. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Here at Wildwood, we practice an open communion table. All who wish are invited to participate. And we don't think twice about anyone who chooses not to participate for whatever reason. The invitation is open. You can do with that whatever you need to do. Today, as we take communion, any children who want are invited to join Charmaine um, in the library area in the lobby for a children's story. And she'll be leading them in a kid-specific kid version of communion. So any children and parents are welcome to uh, go with Charmaine for a while.
In here, we will be invited to the table at the front to receive the bread and the juice. So today you can come forward. Um, Don and Christine have built for us this lovely contraption which will give us a taste of not water from the rock, but communion juice from the rock. So you will, I will invite you to uh, come and take some bread, take, some, take a cup and juice. If you like, you can return to your seat and eat it there, or you can stand at the front um, and eat it there. We've got plenty of time today. Um, if that's not, um, if you're not comfortable with the gathering at the front kind of thing, um, at the back there are some uh, baskets with the prepackaged bread and juice, and you're welcome to participate um, in that way as well. There is enough for all of us. So we will sing some songs um, as as you come, um, and just come on up as you're as you're comfortable, um, and we'll take uh, the bread and the juice of communion. There are gluten-free crackers there for anyone who needs those as well. Friends of God, on the night before Jesus was crucified, he shared a meal together with his friends. During the meal, he took a loaf of bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and shared it among them. This bread, Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. He also took a cup of wine. Again, he gave thanks and shared it with everyone around the table. This cup, Jesus said, this is my blood poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this, he said, eat and drink in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Creator God, you bring forth bread from the earth and juice from the vine. You are the source of our nourishment and the source of our desires and our needs. You've made us fully human in all our complexities and vulnerabilities, and you have made us in your image, filled with the breath of God, sharing in the divine spark of life. Be with us in our need and in our trust, and help us to hold them both together in grace and peace. Amen. Look, there is nourishment here, the gifts of God. Come and see.